listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. Welcome to the Kink in the Chain podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel, and today we have the wonderful Ritzy. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. How are you today? Oh, it's it it's been a day. <laughs> we're we're actually recording this like an hour before I have to run to the airport. So it's like, we gotta get this done. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Should I have rescheduled? Yes, probably. But uh, there's time. There is time. We'll get it done. <laughs> Today, we also have a wonderful guest with us. We have Shawnee Girl. Yes, she is a girl. Shawnee Girl graduated in May of 2020 from Syracuse University with a degree in TV, radio, and film. Unfortunately, with COVID-19, she was unable to get a job, so she started her passion project, which is her podcast called Tough Titties. Tough Titties is an entertaining and comedic podcast that is also helpful when it comes to all things sex, dating, relationships, friendships, mental health, and all the good shit in between. Her goal is to break the negative stigma around talking about sex and other topics seen as taboo. As a 23-year-old, she is hoping to explore her sexuality through conversations such as this one. Welcome, Shawnee. What's up? How are you? We're, we're doing pretty good. It's... Uh, Another day in paradise, I suppose. Well, COVID paradise. But. As they say. <laughs> so you have a podcast. What drives you to make Tough Titties? Why is it your passion project? Um, well, I got the idea from a few friends because I was the only one of my friends in my little group that was out being a hoe you know, and um, I would come back with stories and they were like, you need a podcast. So that's kind of where the idea stemmed from, but it sort of developed into a little bit more of an educational podcast. Uh, so I like to have different experts in different genres, whether it's a breakup coach, a relationship expert, a therapist. I've had a kink educator on before. So uh, it's kind of really stemmed into more educational and I've learned a lot myself and I'm obviously hoping that my listeners learn and it helps somebody. That's great. Uh, so what do you have a, what is the most memorable episode or moment you've had so far on your show? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say I really enjoyed, um, I've had two episodes with the same people that I was able to do in person. And those are the still the only episodes that I've been able to do in person. So for me, that was probably the most memorable because it really changes the dynamic of creating an episode when you're actually with that person that you're recording with. Um, everything else has just been via Zoom. So I'm hoping that as coronavirus comes down, I don't know what it's doing currently, <laughs> but I'm hoping that I can eventually start recording in person with people because I think it'll really change the dynamic of the show. 
I know Richie gets to hit me whenever we record in person. So it's yeah, like, you yes, know, edit harder, edit harder. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the typical format of your podcast? Do you do like news, relationship advice? I've listened to a handful of your shows, so I'm mm-hmm. just kind of curious. Yeah, so currently it there's not a ton of formatting. Um, I like to have the guests introduce themselves Um, And then we do a little thing called titty talk, I like to call, and it's usually some kind of icebreaker. It's been a lot of would you rather questions, whether it be like uh, sexually based or uh, relationship based. Um, And then we kind of just get into it. There's not really a lot of formatting in there. I have a lot of questions to ask. I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to figure out what the best advice you've heard so far was in that list. What do you mean in the titty talk? There's not yeah. really any advice. Um, it's like, would you, I'd be like, would you rather for a relationship one? I was like, would you rather be in a trusting relationship but have no sex or be in a toxic relationship but have the best sex stuff like that. Um, and I picked the one that you shouldn't pick. <laughs> Um, but I'm 23 and learning, you know, I'm not supposed to pick that, but, uh, I have to learn, I have to learn, but, um, yeah, it's not really so much in titty talk, but I have learned a lot, a lot of stuff, um, throughout the shows. I think one of the biggest things for me is learning how important communication is. And that's also something that, um, the BDSM and kink community and also polyamorous communities, um, they really value communication and speaking to people within those communities make it seem so easy, even though it's not. It's just kind of what's expected, whereas people in vanilla relationships really struggle. Um, and so I find that very interesting. And I've also learned, you know, with dating, it's not easy. It's really not easy. And sometimes it makes you feel like you're not good enough, but it's like, you have to remember there's so much that has to fall into place in order for anything to work out with another person. So it's not so much about not being good enough. It's just, you haven't found the right person yet. Hey, Ritzy, you do, you love the whole communication thing, right? You know? Oh, yeah. I am uh, head over heels for communication. Communication <laughs> it rocks my world. Is that sarcasm? Yes. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> Sounded like it. I was like, oh. No, my entire life is devi- devoted to communication and teaching people how to communicate properly with one another or within themselves. So I do it professionally all You're the time. professional communicator. I am. And so I was still, I, but I still struggle communicating with relationships. Like it's hard. You can teach people how to communicate in relationships, but once you're actually there in person with your partner, it's a, it's a struggle sometimes. Like my friends and me can do it great. But then with a partner, it's like a whole nother level that, you know, you can't always teach every little thing. Yeah. So Shawnee, what is your experience in the BDSM world? Obviously we're a BDSM podcast. So I'm just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no physical experience really yet. I'm on the hunt, but I've had some not so great experiences meeting people 
in the community. So maybe that's just because I'm like naive and dumb and I don't know what to look out for or what, but I think it's, it's really hard being new in any community, but I've, I've really been struggling in this one for sure. Trying to like find my footing and find the right people. So you're, you're willing to try it out though. If you, if you found the right person, correct? No, I want to, I really want to, but I, I think, isn't there a term called frenzy or something like that? Like frenzy, yeah. Where you're like really trying to find somebody to to experiment with and stuff like that. So you end up potentially meeting people that aren't the best for you, if that may right? Yes, correct. Yeah, frenzy. Yes. So I think that I may have been in that phase. Mm, okay. So now I'm taking a break because I'm just like, I need to just hold up for a second like I really was I've been going on dates I've had like really weird experiences I can explain if you want but I I just needed to take a step back from this and just think to myself like how I need to plan it out I need to figure out my boundaries and stuff before I go further so you've had you have a bachelor's in science in tv radio and film correct Mm mm-hmm Okay, did that prepare you for doing the podcast at all? You know, you know what? Kind of, but not as much as you would think. In school, you kind of don't really learn what it's like to do anything in real life. Like you learn how to do it, but then once it it's real life and you're doing it, it feels so much different. So in terms of editing and content creation and that sort of thing, I knew I know how to do that um, because of school and I feel as if I'm a good communicator because of school that was like a big part of the learning process but you know running the podcast and doing all of the work that needs to be done by myself I don't think I was prepared for I I, I feel you there I, I do Glares yeah <laughs> I'm just I do most of the the editing and the marketing and everything else so and you're so good at it I know (laughs) I just have to sit here and talk and look cute yeah Um, you got the easy job I'll give you that easy job yeah (laughs) I love my job so when you're not recording the tough titties podcast what do you do for fun well isn't that a good question? Before coronavirus, I was still in college. So I was doing, you know, regular college girl things, <laughs> being a hoe, eating, hanging out with my friends, drinking, partying, that kind of stuff. Uh, now I have a pet rabbit. So um, I spent a lot of my time with him. <laughs> Um, he's really cute. He's my emotional support rabbit. And we spent a lot of time together. I only have like one friend right now. Um, the rest of them moved away from our childhood location. So it's just me and one other friend. So we don't really know what to do. We kind of just hang out. We don't do much, to be honest with you. <laughs> No beach, no nothing like that? Here's the thing. People think when you live in Florida, you're always at the beach. 
but it's just simply not like that. You know, like when you have access to it, you don't really go for one and for two. You'll relate to this because you're ginger and I was born a ginger. We burn really easily. Yes, it just, we do. I've already had skin cancer on my face and I'm just like, I don't know. No, I just, it's not worth it. I'd rather like get a spray tan, you know? What's an interesting fact about you? I kind of already said that. I was born with red hair, but it fell out and then blonde hair grew in, but that's not that interesting. Um, I'm a dual citizen. I have citizenship in America and Canada. Is that cool enough? That is. is that interesting enough? <laughs> and that's an interesting fact for sure. If you could go back in time and tell yourself something, what would it be? Oh gosh, I think I would tell myself a lot of shit, but the main thing I think would be just don't be so hard on yourself. And I think I could tell myself that now I'm very hard on myself, but um, at least I'm aware of it now. Whereas back then I kind of just was like so mean to myself. And I don't think that that is how you create anything good you know if you're like being so negative towards yourself nothing good is going to come of that even though you think you're putting the pressure on to be better I think like bullying yourself is just not the way to do it so I think everyone could start saying this to themselves is just don't be so hard on yourself it's okay other people are going to be mean to you anyway so don't be mean to yourself and now the most important question of the entire interview. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? You want to know a fun fact? I never had it. Never? Okay. Never, but I would try it. I'm open to it. I don't think it's that gross. So if you ever have to try pi uh, pineapple on pizza, try it with pepperoni and not the ham because the pepperoni changes the flavor and it's so much better. But then I got okay. nice thick crust and put pepperoni and pineapple on it. That is my favorite topping. Ever. Okay. Okay. I feel like that's better. I'm not really a ham person, but pepperoni yeah, I'm not, is good. I'm not either, but I love pepperoni and pizza. Thanks for answering my question, Shawnee girl. I really do appreciate it. But so now, shall we talk about the kinkiest states of America? We probably should. That's probably a good idea. So my listeners, this week I found an article, and this one's only from February of this year, so it's really not that old, where they I, I would love to be the statistician that went through all these stats and was uh, looking at all these Pornhub statistics and uh, <laughs> all the different metrics they were using to determine. I highly encourage you to log in and take a look at your own personal state, but I, I thought it was really interesting. What did the two of you think, Sean? I was disappointed in my state. I'm not going to lie, um, but I think it is interesting the different factors that they use to determine who is the kinkiest state like they used bdsm searches registered swingers sex toy spending to calculate the kink score which i don't think they should have put the swingers in there okay why um because a lot of swingers don't do bdsm stuff they're not really that kinky they're very vanilla just because they sleep with another partner they, you know, still have vanilla sex and vanilla relationships and mm -hmm. yeah, they don't go outside the box. I mean, not all, not all swingers. Some swingers are very kinky. I also thought that California was ranked really low 
compared to what I thought it was. I thought California would have been higher up there. Like kinkier, you mean? Yep. Yeah, I thought so too. Florida's 45 out of 50. Alaska's up there. Alaska's up like at the top. Because <laughs> they have nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Florida was 45 out of 50 states. And I'm like, I don't, I think maybe because North Florida, they're a little weird up there. <laughs> like, I think they're very, probably very vanilla. Um, but South Florida, where I am, so on Fet Life, you know, I, I look around at the pictures of what people are up to in my neck of the woods. And they're like, very kinky like I've seen pictures of things that I didn't even know were a thing granted I'm like new so I don't know if that's saying much but I was like 45 I feel like we could have done better I was really surprised by the number one I mean Vermont you know you're thinking like Bernie Sanders like Bernie sure Sanders this- is like the most liberal so I think it kind of makes sense that's true but I mean, just the fact that like a very high swing, a uh, lot of swingers and everything else is just like, okay, you know, pretty area. But I did expect California to be up there a little bit higher or, I mean, you, you think of like uh-huh. the Folsom Street Fair and, and the, the fact of what I've seen just walking down the streets of San Francisco, like you'd think they'd be higher, but no, Vermont way up there and. Yeah, wait, anything. I, I was just <laughs> going to say, how did Montana get seventh place the one that really surprised me was wyoming like fifth like okay maybe maybe these places just like what are you else like what else are you supposed to do is that the pro is that what it is like what why do we think that vermont oregon maine new hampshire and wyoming are the top five that's uh, the only thing i can think of it's got to be well, I mean, the sex toy spending definitely was high in a lot of those places because just not a lot to do or a lot of open space and not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And then the swinger thing, I guess, you know, if you don't have many options and you want to have as many options as possible. So that's my only thought there. <laughs> I don't know. It's very interesting. I, I've been to kink events in all those states and, and they're, it, I mean, they, there's kinksters everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. Of course. I, I, I did an interview for another podcast yesterday uh, and where these guys were in the Philippines and the way they were talking, the way they were talking to me is they were like, well, you know, there's no, we have no kinky people here in the Philippines. And I go on FetLife type in the Philippines. Like, actually you have 50,000 kinksters registered in your area. And their eyes were just like, really? Like, yeah, you you may not see it in the streets, but they're there. Yeah. I'll bet you there's even some kinksters up there in Antarctica too, you know, I'm sure or down there, I guess, in Antarctica. I'm sure somebody's brought a whip or a flogger down to the, down there just because, you know. I don't know. I guess like some of these states, like, like what else are you supposed to be doing? Like, I think when people, I've seen at least in Florida, like the crazier kink stuff that I've seen that like I said, like, I've never seen anything like it before. They're all older, like 55 plus. And I think they're just bored. And they're like, okay, let's try this out and see if we like it. And then they dive far into it. And like, they really become part of the lifestyle. 
So maybe that's what's happening in these states where you're like, is there anything well-known going on in here? That's true. Two places that I would recommend, at least in your state, um, going to Beyond Beyond Leather, which is in, yeah, I think it's actually, that's right, they moved it to Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. Um, so there's Beyond Leather in Palm Beach, which is a lot of people, but if you really want to see a lot of young people, go to St. Petersburg and go to FetishCon. Granted, the, the convention really does cater to cam girls, that's really what, what it's for. I admit that the education I taught there seemed to be a little bit of an afterthought, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, everybody I walked up to was either uh, negotiating for some kind of uh, movie that they were going to be shooting in the room or somewhere mm -hmm. nearby, but it was definitely a huge young crowd. They had pool parties with live DJs. I mean, it was very kinky for uh, very kinky and very young for uh, for an event. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just South Florida. There's not a lot of younger people at least that I've come across yet like the last event that I went to everyone was like 30 years older than me hmm. when, when I went to the nude beaches in Florida there was a lot of young people well maybe the young people aren't going to the events maybe maybe I'm just going to the people that have older people or going to the events that have older people that happens sometimes yeah, because I was like, wait a second. There's really nobody my age around at all. Like everyone was like gray. There was literally a, a lady with a cane who seriously could not walk. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what am I doing here? But it was fun. Well, I know like uh, the Woodshed and the Seventh Circle, which are both BDSM clubs in Florida, I believe the Woodshed has a TNG event. So if you're ever looking to get a younger crowd, go to a TNG. What does TNG. that even mean? So TNG technically stands for, as you would expect if you're a Star Trek person, the next generation. Why we picked that, I actually have no idea. But it in the BDSM community, it's a moniker for a younger event for 18 to 35-year-olds. Okay. And so it's age it's age gated. Most of the time they allow older partners to come. So if you're young and you have an older partner, they can come. Mm -hmm. um, there are a handful that don't allow that, but I've whatever. Uh, so if you're, in, if you see a TNG event, go to that and you'll find a whole bunch of young people. It's uh, it's there. They're a lot of fun. It's a very different dynamic. And again, people are not there who are not old enough to be your parents for sure. So that, uh, that bothered hey. me the first few times, but. But uh, you wanted older people. I, why, when I first got into the community, I, I needed to learn from people. And I realized that people my age probably just don't know very much realistically because they just haven't been doing it. So I learned from my elders and then taught it to my youngers. And there you go, you know? Yeah. I just felt very like preyed upon. Like they can smell the fresh meat. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that happen way too many times. It's like it was that that's where one of the bad experiences actually happened with like an older guy who expected me to talk to him like he was my master I was like sir I literally just met you the hell nope nope if I that's said, a nope. red flag run away yeah exactly <laughs> I have similar issues when I go to gay bars but all the, the gay boys want me and some have actually like thrust me against the wall and stuck their tongue in my mouth and I have to go, uh, no, get off me. <laughs> little, 
or one guy followed me into a restroom stall. I was like, um, excuse me? Like, oh, don't mind me. Like, well, you're standing in the same stall as me. So I think I have to mind you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so it happens. Oh, it shouldn't though. That's that's why I won't go back to the the events that they hold there. Not it's just because I, I can't control some of those individuals. Plus they get drunk and I'm not saying it excuses their behavior, but it explains it for the very at the very least. Yeah. But anyway, my listeners, take a look at the list. See where you rank. Let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear your experience. Did you find yourself higher or lower on the list than you expected? I thought it was interesting. So, And my listeners, if you're listening at this point and you want to win that $100 Amazon gift card, the contest code for this episode is CHAINS563. Again, that's CHAINS563. Enter that into the contest field and you'll gain an extra in- some extra entries into the contest viewer questions so karen from vermont uh she's wrote i just turned 19 and have gotten out from underneath my parents thumb i'm ready to get into bdsm lifestyles like today how should i proceed to do this rationally and safely in vermont which is the kinkiest state congratulations to you uh yeah i mean I can relate to her because I am also new. I think I've progressed a little bit further than she has maybe. Um, But I think she is definitely concerned about the safety part. And I understand that. And the rational part, I understand that too. Um, It's definitely difficult. And I would say, trust your gut, because that's something that I haven't done. I just kind of expected everybody to be like a good person and not everybody is. Um, I would say you can definitely go make a FetLife just to see, you know, what's going on in there. And then that's where you can see um, different events and munches that are going on. And I would definitely suggest you go to a munch near you just so you can start meeting people in real life in person you could even make friends like you don't don't go to your first munch with the intent of meeting someone to like tie you up and shit go and try and find a friend um and then I would also say you can download field f-e-e-l-d which is an app um and that's more of like a, a kinky dating app um I don't think people should try and date off of FetLife. In my experience, it has not worked at all. It's more networking than dating. Field also, I've noticed you can find more of, uh, it's easier to find people that are into the same things as you. Um, And so that would be like the rational part, the safety part. I think, I know she may not want to tell people um, that she's into this. I don't know if you have a friend that you feel comfortable with to tell them that you're interested in this, but if you do end up going to meet someone, make sure you meet them in person. And before you do that, I also would say, uh, try and FaceTime or at least call them and hear their voice first. See if you even have like a good vibe. Um, 
before you meet up with them. And if you do meet up with them, make sure it's in a public place and make sure you you tell somebody where you're going or share your location with them. Um, I think that would be like my best, like first step advice. For sure. I like the uh, FetLife advice, like making a FetLife account. Um, so I have a friend who is new and she put some information in her FetLife account. And so she's like, if you want to talk to me, make sure you answer these questions. And uh, n- about nine out of 10 people don't read the profile. They'll just message yeah. you because you have a cute picture. So yeah. she's like, well, if they're not going to read my profile, they're not worth my time. So embedding something in your profile like that might help weed out certain people because you know they haven't read it if they don't do it. So, and if you're looking for specific things and you want to avoid all the dick pics, <laughs> then you embed stuff into things. Um, I also just recently have been playing with Bumble and I've noticed a lot of Bumble. kinky, a lot of kinky people are on Bumble. How do you know? Oh, because within the first couple of conversations, they like talk about it. Oh, okay. And they'll put it in their profile. <laughs> like it's right there for you to see. Like if some of them are really hardcore kinksters, they will put it in their profile. Yeah, I like Field because I don't. Have you ever been on it? No, I haven't. Okay, you should check it out. Okay. But you can put if you're looking for extras but um you can put the types of people that you're looking for um the types of play that you're looking for and stuff like that and I think it makes it a little bit easier than fet life because you can't search all those things at once at least I haven't figured out how to do that um and I also got this advice too from someone I was at a munch with and I was talking to them about my my issues with fat life on how I've met like people that weren't the best. And, um, he said to put your age older than you actually are. If you put that you're 19 on fat life, I put that I'm 23 and it's just like, people have a field day. They know that you're new. Um, and they know that you're young, they know you're fresh meat. So put that you're a little bit older and if they're still interested and you start to get talking, you can tell them the truth about your age. Something else that I would recommend, um, obviously I, I wanna echo some of the things that my, my other two cohorts here have said, uh, definitely you know, going to uh, munches and things of that nature. FetLife has some built-in security and safety features that a lot of people may not even know about. Uh, for example, you can adjust who can send you messages. So for most new people, I recommend putting it on, they, have, they use uh, green, yellow, red, and purple. I recommend putting it on red, uh, which basically means that if they're not in your contact list, if you have not contacted them, they cannot contact you. And while I understand that for some people who are you know, wanting to get some attention, wanting to meet people, they, this may seem counterintuitive. Understand this, use FetLife, find the events in your area, go attend a munch, friend those individuals. You can then also, I think, change it to friends of friends. So then it's you're, in essence, you're building your own kinky social network with people that you know, and then the people that they know. And of course, you can block people. If you're not into dick pics, which uh, I, there are, admittedly, obviously, there are some people somewhere that are into it. I, I don't know any, but there are obviously some or it wouldn't happen. They just launched a new feature on Life where you can actually send 
pictures in your messages yeah. so you can imagine what that's going to be used for i'm nervous <laughs> um but you can go into the options and turn that feature off so that people cannot send you photos um so if you if you combine those two elements i think you're doing pretty well again go to your local events uh use kinky background checks or safe calls whatever you prefer uh, have people know where you are at all times. Personally, uh, I share my location with a bunch of people uh, for a variety of reasons. One, that way I know if, uh, if Ritzy's slacking off and uh, you know, not, not at her desk where she's supposed to be. But um, it, also if I was to turn up missing, uh, obviously people could look and see where I was. Uh, not that people don't, I'm usually with my partner, so usually they know where I am, but you never know. So there's a lot of things you can do. And the safety call thing, a lot of communities have people who will accept a text message basically with the name of the person you're with, the address you're at, and the time that you wish them to call you back at. And if they don't hear from you by that time, they try calling you. And if they don't get a response, they call the police. So pretty simple overall system that a lot of communities have set up. And it's really a safe way of doing it if you can do it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Karen, for the question. That was Hopefully we gave you some advice that you can use for your future exploration. And have fun. It's a wonderful world you're about to delve into full of fun and exciting things. So our second question comes to us from Greg in Kentucky, which happens to be 13th on the list, by the way. Having many failed BDSM relationships in the past, this has caused me to constantly ask, is it me or am I just unlucky? I'd like to ask the former partners, but they won't speak to me. So I may have to turn to my friends to ask for a rationale behind why. How should I approach this? Jeez, Greg. Whoa. <laughs> Greg, this is something that comes up in a lot of relationships, especially ones that end traumatically in some case, like, you know, like a messy breakup or something. And I have to admit, in some cases, it's not fair for either side because you want to know what you did wrong in order to either acknowledge that person's crazy, like, oh, I left all the cabinets open and that's why they left me. Okay, either A, it doesn't really matter that you left all the cabinets open or B, you just can fix that and solve the problem. I admit this is probably a little bit bigger of an issue than that, probably, but it isn't fair to you. You don't know what the issue is. You don't know what can be, what you have to fix. You don't know how to do it. So. Asking your friends could yield results. I'll give you that. A lot of friends will sugarcoat things, dance around issues. Uh, if you've ever dated someone, brought them home to your parents, and then, uh, then dated someone else, usually that's when you hear the truth from your parents and whatnot of, uh, oh, I didn't like this. I didn't like that. Uh, I'm glad you're not dating them anymore. Why didn't you tell me while I was with them? <laughs> like, like kind of thing like oh well we thought you were happy okay well so i think at the very least you're gonna have to basically sit down with your a friend that you trust and be like hey dude or or lady or whatever the heck you want to call them you know i need to know the absolute truth i do not want any sugar coating whatsoever i want you to hurt my feelings what the heck is wrong with me why are people leaving me so quickly and i think that's going to be your one of your best bets Ideally, it'd be best to hear it from those former partners. If you have any form of communication with them, that would be more ideal, but your friends might see it better than you do. I don't know. What about your thoughts? Hmm. I think this is a Greg problem. Um, I think he really needs to look 
internally because there's clearly a pattern here. All of his former partners won't speak to him. I don't think that makes me question like there must be something that's really going on there um, that all of his former partners refuse to talk to him. Um, I think that he really, I think he knows, I think he knows why. Um, I think he just needs to sit and really ponder, maybe start journaling. Okay. You need to just really sit and think about what went wrong here. Um, and I don't really think it's your former partner's responsibility to do that work for you. Um, I definitely think asking your friends though is okay. If you have brutally honest friends, I would go to those ones um, and maybe consider going to therapy. <laughs> I think everybody should go to therapy. That's not an insult. I've been in therapy before, um, but you clearly have a pattern going on here that you want to break. And sometimes therapy can help you with that would have to agree with the therapy thing because you know therapy is amazing it's the best it doesn't mean you have to go forever some people go and then fix something then go work on it and then they come back when they realize there's something else wrong so you can do an on and off therapy um also what i was thinking if you do contact your exes sometimes you get responses that are not helpful like because <laughs> you're an partner, asshole <laughs> yeah like my partner currently is like he's he gets these he asked his ex he's like so what did I do wrong and she just went off about how big of an asshole he was and I was like well that was not helpful you just told him he was an asshole like 20 times you didn't really tell him like hey if you were more motivated or if you did this or this then mm -hmm. this relationship would have worked but you didn't so but most exes are going to just try to tear you apart and not be helpful whatsoever so I never go for the ex route um, I always go for the friend route or therapy but do you guys think that because this is a constant issue that he's having and none of his exes, he's not on good terms with any of his exes, like, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, it, it, there, there definitely does seem to be some kind of reoccurring theme and whatever it might be. Maybe it could be something as small as maybe he doesn't shower very often. And that's oh, why God. they left him. That's not small. Well, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> as something that could be fixed relatively easily but if uh -huh. no one's telling him this fact he may not even be aware of it maybe he needs to shower twice in one day instead of just once Stinky. you know you know something like that maybe it's they can't he can't stand the way they snore i don't know it, it in some ways it's like the person who's best equipped to tell you what the issue is is not telling you and I, I agree, it's not necessarily their responsibility, but it's just kind of one of those nice to haves, like an exit interview, like, you know, I'm breaking up with you because of this, have a good life kind of thing. Um, I enjoy having exes because it made me realize that I did have some things wrong with me and I went and I got them fixed, but it also made me realize what my <laughs> limits were, like how much I could handle of certain stuff um, and what's actually a breaking point, like, if they don't do these things, I can't be with them forever kind of thing. So. Yeah. Sean, uh, Ritzy and I are, are ex, ex boyfriend, girlfriend. So. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so. I just took that as positive. Yeah. You know, it is positive. Well, you know? the fact that you guys are on such good terms is kind of cool. 
Yeah. And we still we still hang out with one another. We still play with one another in a BDSM context, and you know we we have a good time. But I have a I have a new partner now, so you know. And Ritzy and well, Ritzy has many partners, so many partners. <laughs> <laughs> so it works. It works for both of us. Well, Greg, I really hope that uh, you you got some friends that are going to be brutally honest with you and <laughs> and really really help you through this because that would be one way, but I do agree that therapy might be another way where, unless it's something, you know, again, like the, the showering thing, a therapist might not know that one, but <laughs> if, if you can get any kind of thing, even, even like through the grapevine of like the, the revenge thing where, where they go, Oh my God. And they tell somebody and that person tells somebody else, you know, maybe you can find out that way, but in a, in a BDSM relationship, it is really useful if the two people can end amicably and at least figure out the issue because then you can fix it for the next time. So hopefully. Mm -hmm. So thanks for the question. Good luck, Greg. All right. Our next question comes from our 45th state in the list. Oh Florida. my God. I know. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> that is from Jared. Um, so um, this one comes from Jared. I, and he states, I've been told over and over again that I need to find a good profile to attract people. I completely understand the logic of this. Do you have any tips for me, a submissive male to attract a female dominant? Good question. Yeah, don't have dick pics on the <laughs> profile. I feel like literally everybody on FetLife has their genitals as their profile picture. Yeah, but I'm a dominant type. And if I just see a boy's penis, I'm like, Meh, there goes all the mystery and the exploration and all that mm -hmm. fun stuff. So mm -hmm. what's the point? Well, what about if it's not their primary profile picture? Like it's buried in there. <laughs> no. No? Okay. None. She says so none, none whatsoever. None. Okay. I'm trying to be on the board of like, nope, dick profiles ever, ever again. Like you can do that once you're in a relationship for a while. I so, can give some vanilla dating app advice for fat life. I don't really have any advice for that. If you want to do that rope squirrel. Okay. Well, some dating advice that I was given a long time ago is that uh, men fall in love with their eyes and women fall in love with their ears, which in this particular case with fat life, I'm also going to say ears equals eyes in this particular case. So the idea for a male submissive profile is you want to have two things. One, you want to go into de into detail about, well, maybe not like graphic pornographic detail, but detail anyway of what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you are bringing to the table in a relationship. What, what can you do? What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? That kind of thing. And the second piece is what you're looking for, of course, in that particular profile in, in somebody else. And then thirdly is what you do outside of the kink community. Cause we're not all just kinksters. I mean, heck I go hiking. I'm a computer geek. You know, what can I say? Mm -hmm. I want people to know a little bit about the person that they're about to meet. Not that I'm just some body that they can whip, tie up and do horrible things to. I want them to know me. Now we flip that on the other side. You know, whereas I said, women fall in love with their ears and eyes. I'm going to put a little slash there because female dominants are looking at the profile they're looking they're reading your profile they want to get to know you 
call it shallow, but guys tend to just fall in love with pictures. So that's why we're looking at the photos. So in the case of a female submissive, if, if you put a nude photo of yourself in the front, that, that that's going to be like the opening line for a lot of people versus uh, if you put a the regular photo, it's just not as interesting. So the, my point here, I guess, is that if you're really looking to attract someone, you need to let them know who you are as a person in your profile. People are going to take time to get to know you and don't think that they want to get to see, as I said earlier, some people do want to see dick pics. I'm not saying that they don't. Uh, not every person is like Ritzy where they're, they're anti-dick pic. But as I would say, the vast majority of people do not want dick pics. So I guess if you're looking for that tiny little subset of people, maybe that might be interesting to them. But most are not going to be interested. I don't know. I've been talking long enough. What about you two? <laughs> if you want to look for someone on field or another dating app, I really don't like when people don't have a picture of their face. That's just how I am. Cause I'm like, what now you're going to send me a picture of your face. And then I have to tell you that I don't think you're cute. Like that's so mean. <laughs> so if you feel comfortable enough, put your face in there. And I think just being open and honest about what you're looking for on your profile, whether it be a vanilla app or on FetLife, what is what's going to get you the right person. And I think you should have more than one picture. And I think I also really don't like when people don't have any pictures or they just put like a meme. I'm like, I literally don't know anything but yeah, you see what I look like and that creeps me out. So I think you should definitely have pictures, have pictures of yourself. If you're not comfortable with your face, I guess like don't put it, but try and include pictures of you like actually doing stuff so people can kind of get a look into what your life is like outside of sexually. Yeah, so I can't put any face pictures on my FetLife due to security reasons mm -hmm. so I'm not on there but like on my other profiles of like my dating apps or my other ones that I go to I do have my face on there but the most requested thing is like a full body shot like yeah like, can I please see your full body shot so because I think some people are still into like how your body looks and that for me I always think about like so what can you bring into my life so if you add that, like, you know, tell me what you can bring in, then I'm more likely to talk to you because you have something that I'm either looking for or I want or I need in my life or I'm missing. So Jerez, yeah, let people know what on earth it is that you're looking for. If you are a submissive male looking for a female dominant, I'll be frank with you. That's it. As far as the spectrum goes, it's somewhat harder there's there are a lot of pro doms a lot of female dominance but not quite as many if you, if you look at pure statistics there's an overwhelming number of male dominance and female submissives so if you're looking for the other two which are not quite as common not to say they're they don't exist you you're definitely um at a slight disadvantage just simply due to statistics but let them know what it is that, that you who you are because people want to get to know you and then get to know the slave you in this particular or submissive you and attend munches attend events let people know who you are your biggest weapon in all of this is going to be simply the fact that people know you 
if I go to any event in my local area or even now around the world, or at least around the US anyway, people know who I am. And so like when I taught a class recently, people just said, oh, you're that person. I know you, I've heard of you. You have a good reputation. I would love to play with you. I don't even have to give them my resume. They know who I am. <laughs> so mm. just going to munches, going to events so people go, oh, you're, you're Jareth. Yeah, oh, I saw you at the last event. Gives you an air of credibility. People start to get to know you. And then you can also start using the kinky dating service, i.e., hey, you know, I'm looking for a female dominant. Well, mistress so-and-so is looking for a submissive and she really loves this thing that I know you're into. Why don't I, why don't I introduce the two of you? That I think is going to be your better option than just a, a, a profile. Have a profile for sure, but don't, uh, don't put too much into it. Just, you know, put a nice profile and then, and then let, let your own reputation speak for itself. Keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, the people that write novels on there, I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Short and sweet to the point, baby. Mm -hmm. And I forgot that I'm a rare breed. I always forget as being a dominant female that <laughs> I'm a rare breed. I'm like, oh yeah, rare breed. Yep, that's that's me. I, I'm the special one here. You're just yeah. special, yeah. All special. Mm -hmm. That's why we love you. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jareth, I really hope that that answers your question. I know it's going to be a frustrating experience. One last tiny little piece of advice I want to give you is don't try. And I know that sounds counterproductive, but if you're looking for something and you're trying to find it, you're going to be nothing but frustrated and miserable if you cannot find it. But if you just relax and attend events without the expectation of meeting someone and, and that kind of thing, you're going to be a lot more relaxed. People are going to think of you a lot better. And you will, when you do find something, you will be pleasantly surprised and it will be lovely. Um, a lot of people that I know when they're just even in vanilla, when they're looking to date, they are like going out to singles bars every night and they're actively trying. And every night they're coming home like, God, there are no X people in this city. I, I, I. It's like, yeah, well, but the minute that they go bowling just for fun, then they meet their significant other there. I met my significant other at a BDSM con when I had no intention of meeting anyone. I just went there to teach. And that person just came up and said, hey, uh, would you like to date? Like, sure, okay, fine. <laughs> or something to that effect. I'm sure she has a much more long story about it, but- um, She does. Yes, she does. <laughs> but I do hope that answers your question and uh, let us know if you need any additional help. Thank you. Well, Shawnee girl, I really do appreciate you being here. It's been a pleasure to have you and to have a, a younger voice on the on the podcast to, to help answer some of these questions. I'm sure our viewers really appreciate it. Thank you very much for taking the time to be here. Thanks for having me. This was very much fun, guys. Well, it was it was our pleasure. And as always, stay kinky, my friends. Check us out on the web, the web. at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at KinkChainShow. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.